unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. And as the viewers on YouTube can see, we've got a continuation of some very awesome episodes that we recently released with an amazing guest. So I'm going to go ahead and play the fly on the ball and just absorb as much as I can and let you introduce the topic and the guest for today's episode. You know, whenever you say that, I think of that old song, the flies have a thousand eyes. All right. By popular demand, we're back with the always surprising John Williamson today. He's going to talk about a serious problem every business faces and some ready-made solutions to this problem. Now, John is coming to us from an undisclosed location on the side of a mountain in Scotland. Over the last 30 years, he has generated millions of dollars in sales for himself and his clients with his own special brand of unique selling propositions. The problem, of course, the problem that we're going to solve today is getting and keeping the attention of customers in a way that leads to sales and repeat sales after that. And what John says is right at the heart of your attention getting should be your brand. A lot of us direct marketers don't pay a whole lot of attention to branding these days, but John argues that we should all the time. But not just any kind of brand, one that pulls its weight in getting attention and adding new customers. How do you do that and how do you make it pay off? So if you don't have a huge budget to establish this brand in the way that a big corporation will try to do, that's important. But so is this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. But larger clients do this all the time. Well, John, welcome back and, and thanks for joining us again. Really appreciate it. Hey, David, no, it's a pleasure. I love hanging out with you guys. I think the first thing... I'd like to talk about with you is something, uh, a phrase I've never heard before, but that you use branding bravery. Could you tell us what that means? Yeah. So let's face it. Most, most small businesses, like the businesses that you and I deal with, and, and by small, I mean, you know, not your massive blue chip top of the stock market type stuff, but you know, businesses which have to go out there and fight for the stuff. They don't have huge budgets like you just said. So they, they can't command presence in a marketplace by sheer weight of ad impressions and stuff like that. So they've got to make everything count. And so what I've noticed over the years is that where most people go wrong with the branding is they play safe and they're trying to emulate what they see the big boys do. And not understanding that the big boys, most of them anyway, got to a certain point in time over a long period of time with a lot of money behind it to actually get inside of what we call the mindshare. So we take that. Um, and people always give me exec exceptions. So they go, what about Apple? Apple's only been around for two or three decades. You know, they've gone from nothing to the world's biggest brand and, you know, mo most well known and uh, most well respected and all that kind of thing. And what did they do? They went and stole 
apple. Like this, <laughs> this, was, this was all of ours, and and they co-opted the word apple and made it synonymous with their products. That was genius. But as we all know, Steve and, Jobs. And apples genius. goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? Hundred percent. So there's a lot of underlying psychology used there, which is what I we're going to talk about a little bit later on about linguistics, linguistics in branding, and about how you can use stories which are already inside people's heads to get your message to stick and to be understood incredibly quickly. So we all, when we see an apple, we have a whole bunch of connotations. But you're not the first person who's ever said. Oh, that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, and like everybody knows that story, and and everybody knows what happens, and and and, and all that kind of thing. So you're actually piggybacking on something like a conscience, which is already existent, it's already there. So branding bravery, you're not mentioning my hat. Like you're either thinking that I'm trying to outdo you with your hat, David, which I would never do, or I've oh, got myself good. a part-time job in the evenings at TGI Fridays. Be honest, which one is it? You're a bartender. <laughs> Do you think I've got the personality for that? I don't think I've got the yeah, personality I, for that. I, I, yeah. I, but this is a massive demonstration of brand bravery, huge demonstration of brand bravery, the way I denote it. And, mm. and if you look at TGI Fridays when they came to the marketplace, they adopted a contrarian way of branding and positioning and creating an identity for the business, completely contrarian with most restaurants. So if you're going to open a restaurant, you name it Bob's Burgers or Best Burgers in Town or, or, or whatever, you go down those routes where you try to describe the product to the service and, and the quality aspect or the position in that marketplace. And they were really clever. Think about what they did. They, they took TGI Fridays, thank God it's Fridays, that, that phrase which is in people's head, that thank God it's Fridays, it's party time. It's like I, I've earned my money this week. It's now time to go spend it on having fun and enjoying myself. And they co-opted that concept. So just like Apple did by taking a story which had already pre-existed and then putting themselves in, they did exactly the same thing. So they took, thank God it's Friday. They shortened it, briefly down, TGI Fridays, nice and snappy. And what they told the marketplace is this, when you want fun, doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday afternoon, it's a Sunday morning, it's a Friday night, doesn't matter. But if you want to go to a place where it's banging, where it's happening, where the waiters and waiters are having fun, where there's an atmosphere, where there's a bell being rung, if you want that, there's only one place in town to go, and that's TGI Fridays. So they co-opted inside people's heads, if you want to eat and have some fun in an atmospheric environment, irrespective of the time of the day or the night of the week, TGI Fridays. Okay, so... You have claimed, and I'd really like you to explain this, that any business, no matter how boring the industry, can be decommoditized through branding. Now, obviously, yeah. bars and restaurants are not a boring industry, but what, what do you mean by that? 100%. Uh, how do you feel about butter? Butter's pretty boring, isn't it? Butter is boring. Butter. I, I like it. Uh, I like Irish butter, but it's not yeah. the most exciting. I never think about it. Yeah. Unless you're Marlon Brando, we don't want to go there. Okay. <laughs> but once you've landed on it, it's like butter's butter. That's it. It's a commoditized thing. You, you have an idea of price in the marketplace. Um, you have a preference, and it's very hard to break that brand preference once it's in place. And going back, like, oh, I'm going to guess here, 20, 30 years ago, early 90s, um, when they were trying to get us to be more health conscious, and, and, and it was all in vogue about spreads and, and this, and, and the market polarized itself into – spreads margarines and butter and so the fight became not between the butters but between margarine and butter 
And the scientists, the clever guys, were trying to figure out how they could get in the middle and create a butter, a buttery type substance that had all the health benefits, of, well, the health benefits, less of the non-health benefits of butter in the margarines, et cetera. And so they tried. All sorts of brands came to the marketplace. It was really hard to get inside people's heads. It was really hard to find that mind share and to occupy a space in people's brains. And it really is about occupying a space. Like a, you almost got to squat and like you ain't going. Like I'm here. I ain't going nowhere once I've got my entry. Until, yeah. until these guys brought this out. Oh, I can't believe it's not butter. Interesting. I mean, boom. And again, brand bravery. You can only imagine the conversation around the marketing table. You know, the big boardroom table at wherever it was at the time. And you get all the guys from the marketing department in. And somebody comes in and says, you know, I took this home last night. And my wife was trying it in the morning because they took it home to test it. And she spread it. And she went, I can't believe this ain't butter. And he walks into the office and said, why don't we call it that? You can imagine that everybody went, yeah, why not? That's a great name. No. Both of your examples come out of, we call it the lingua franca. I mean, they, they just come right out of the conversations of people, which yeah, I, I certainly think is the absolute best way to do any kind of naming or even copy. 100%. You know? Yeah. 100%. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. So do you want to look at our world? I mean, that's great. These are billion-dollar sure. industries and businesses. Um, sure, but let's, let's go and look at our world because what you've landed on there about co-opting a language, something which already exists in the marketplace is, is what I alluded to earlier on. These are two great big examples that everybody can nod their heads to and go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. I could spend like literally an hour and a half talking about CGI Fridays and, and how the identity they created served it in multiple ways at shareholder level, at employee level, at customer level, like across the board. But let's talk about a real-life situation. So you know about my apples, don't you? I don't think we've ever done it yet, and one day we'll get around to it. But yeah, I've got this little presentation I do where I go out and do apples at networking meetings, and I get a crowd around me. And I watched, David, this guy. Every time I did this presentation at the Chambers, of, he'd be stood there about 10 feet away watching, not joining in, not getting involved, just studiously watching. So one day I approach him, and I say um, – Hey, you've been watching me for like weeks do this presentation. Every time I come out, you're there, you're watching, like, what's going on? And he said, I'm just in awe of what you've just done, but I just don't have the personality to do that. And the guy literally, what we would call in the UK, had a, a dour personality. Mm. Yeah. Down mm. in the dumps, down in the mouth, you know, didn't smile an awful lot. 
He's there in his three-piece suit. He's got his curly hair. He's got his little rare. Like, the guy's not the most approachable. He's not friendly and all that kind of stuff. He says, I see what you're doing. He says, it's amazing. Like, I'm just captivated by it. I just wish I could do that. I said, we can do that for you. It's not about personality. Yeah, I can do the crazy stuff, but I work with tons of people who don't have the extra version necessary to do things like the Apple's presentation. So I sat down with him and I said, tell me about your business. Now, it all starts with tell me about your business. Like the amount of times I, I see people try and solve problems without actually asking a ton of questions first. Like they, they like, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Try this. Try that. Why don't and I'm like, no, I, I can like the old thing of 90% research and 10% actual creativity. That, that lands heavy with me. So mm -hmm. I sit down and I say, what do you do? And he says, I'm a cost reduction analyst. And I'm like, wow. I, I mean, that, that's, that's a conversation starter in anybody who <laughs> I said, what the heck does that mean? And he said, well, I go into organizations and I and I help them save money on their fixed costs, on, on their overhead costs and things like that. I go, oh, yeah, yeah I know what you do. You, you, like, you, change, you, you help them with their electric bills. You help them with the telephone. He went, no, 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 no. He says, that's the average everyday stuff. This guy had like two PhDs. He had a computer science degree. Like this guy could go in and analyze a business, project manager inside his head, figure out what was going on, figure out attitudes psychographically to... to I'm like blown away. Like, I've never met anybody like you before. I mean, you must be like raking in. I, I just can't seem to get people to buy into it. I have meetings. They, they, they say it's interesting, but nobody actually makes anything happen. So I said, okay, so tell me a little bit about your sales process. So here's, here's the magic bit. He tells me that when he goes into a brand new CEO's office, he goes in and nine times out of 10, they say, do you want some tea or coffee? And so he'll say, yes, please. And whilst that's been arranged, could you show me where your bins are, your garbage containers? You know, the big ones, like the big, like huge man-sized ones. Can you show me where those are? And they'd show him. And then he'd go to his car and he'd get his little stepladders out and he'd climb up the stepladders in his three-piece suit and get in the bin and start rummaging around inside to try and get a feel for what was their attitude to waste? What was their attitude to spending money? Right. i'm like and this doesn't blow people away he said oh they don't seem to be doing it I, I just go around the back and do it and then i come, go back and sit and drink coffee i'm like uh. so i said right here's what here's what i think we're at we need to rebrand you and he said what are you thinking and i said i think we should call you the professional scrooge oh nice like boom he's there with his three-piece suit he looks all that part we've got the professional image but then we take the cost reduction analyst bit and we've turned it into Scrooge. Now, have you ever heard of Scrooge before? Charles um, D -D 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 Dickens. Yeah. So we've all got it in our head already. Like when we say professional Scrooge, I, there's hardly a person alive who does not in that moment imagine some form of Dickens-esque type scenario situation, understands the Scrooge-like nature of that personality, looks at him and thinks, you do look a bit Scrooge-like because you've got a dire attitude. And so it fits. Does that make sort of sense? Yeah. So he said, yeah. wow. That's brilliant. Like, man. Yeah. And I went, but I've got a little bit more. We're not going to stop there. Now, here's the thing with branding, with identity, with personal brands for smaller businesses. you got to layer them. So you don't just take a name. The name's so important. Get that name in place. And you're looking for something that literally piggybacks on something which is already in people's heads. And then I said, here's what I want you to do. And I'm like thinking real fast. I said, here's what I want you to do. Uh, David, you know what you know what that is, don't you? Wheatos. I've never it's seen that brand box. before. But it's a cereal box, yeah? It's a cereal box. 
I said, you need to go get yourself Frit Stick. I think you guys have that in the States, yeah? Uh, you get yourself some scissors. What, what's a print uh, stick? Is that glue? Is that glue? Is yeah, it's sticky glue. You just quickly whip it uh -huh. on and it gets real sticky real fast. And I said, okay. here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and cut the boxes up. And I don't, don't think you're going to do it, but this is the plan. Cut the boxes up into business card size pieces. Because the professional Scrooge would not waste money <laughs> going out and spending money on professional stuff. Oh, so no, 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 no. I love that. I love so we that. chop it up. So on the back of each one, there's a Kellogg's cornflakes logo, emblem, something like that going on. I said, and here's what we're going to do with the front. Now, as part of my conversation with him, I discovered that his wife was really good at doing pen and ink caricatures. And this guy was really cool because he had the little glasses and the, and the, and the big bobbly wire hair. Three, so we, it was dead easy. It was easy to characterize in pen and ink. So I said, here's what I want you to do. We take your business card. And we do a little pen and ink over there of you with your curly mop of hair and your little glasses. Still can't draw. And then what we do, then what we do, if you go get a penny, and if we can't get a shiny penny from the, uh, you know, just out of your pocket, go to the bank and ask them for some brand new pennies. So cents, dip pennies, whatever they are. And we're going to stick it on the business card. <laughs> and then around it here, you're going to write... When you look after the pennies, the pounds look after themselves. Oh, my. You heard that God. one before, right? Well, and we say when you look after the pennies, the dollars look after themselves, but it's the same cool. idea. You get the concept, yeah? It's, it's in yeah, people's heads already. It's a wife's tale. It's It's got a history to it. You're not making it up. It's something they can rely back on in terms of do I understand what the concept is here? Yeah. So we create these little business cards. Eventually, as his kids on a Saturday morning, you know, cutting out stuff, and I said, "Because here's the deal: these things become collectors' items. Absolutely. Like the guy's out, and people are walking up to him and saying, can I have one of your cards? Because the guy over there has told me about how amazing they are.' And so I'm always talking about conversational currency. And the biggest thing with, with if you're running any kind of business now, this could be somebody who's got 20, 30, 50 employees who are all out there pitching and looking for business. And I say, it makes no difference. This is a one man band, but it could be anything bigger than that. You've got to have conversational currency. Like your brand has to be talked about. You want to be in a situation where other people would rather talk about your business than their own business. When I go out in my apples, people literally don't tell people around them about their business. They point people to me and say, you should go see that guy with his presentation. It's, it's amazing. The same with him with his stuff. Go and check him out. Now, you know, I said there's layers. Do you want to hear the next layer? Do we have time? Sure. Like two or three minutes just for the next layer? I, I think we do, don't we, Nathan? You're keeping track of the time? Yeah, go ahead. You, you'll stop me if there isn't. Right. And here's what I did next. I said, pull your pocket out. And he went, what? I said, pull your pocket out, your trouser pocket. So he pulled his trouser pocket out, and I took the corner, and I cut it off. And I said to Stacy in the hotel, I said, Stacy, can you go get us a, a handful of pennies, please, from the till? So she came back with a handful of pennies. And I said, pretend you're networking. Stand up with me now. And I said, what, what, what I want you to do in future is when people start talking to you, and you hand, you present the business card, and they're like, boom. Like on every sensory level, they're like popping. I said, I want you to drop a penny out of the hole in your pocket and reach down and pick it up and say, oh, look, there's another one. I find them everywhere. 
I love this. This is so good. And so you can see where we've layered it and we've created a storyline. We've embedded it in people's minds. Like, you're not going to forget that story for the next 10 years. Yeah. You're not going to forget no. the levels of the story. It's occupied this position in your head whereby if you ever wanted that, then you'd know where you could go, etc. And so we've gone from being like bland, boring, just uninspired. You've gone to something where people have been entertained. Now, we've, we've I think we talked about this at least once in the previous like uh, episode we did there, David. Like, you know, entertainment edutainment entertainment we're in the entertainment age if people you know if you're looking for attention then entertain them i don't care what the scenario is whether you're a cpa you know and i i do a, a thing with cpas with colored bowler hats on their boardroom table uh, sometimes i i go out and i have a i have a starbucks mug with a whole bunch of dollar bills hanging out the top of it sometimes i go out and i've got a teapot which i'll take with me and i'll carry that into a into a chamber of commerce meeting just my teapot like it doesn't matter, and and none of them, not not one single one of those, is is like has no consequence. I mean, every single one of them tells a story. Every single one of them makes it a, a huge amount of sense to people, and that's what we're aiming for. We want them to be able to take what could be boring or unconsequential to their life, and if all it is is interesting enough for them to talk to other people about, to say, "I saw this amazing presentation. The guy he had these business cards, and look at it." If that's all they do because they weren't the right client for you, you've won. Oh, yeah. This is terrific. And, you know, I've, I've gotten very interested in branding lately in, um, say, a, a more traditional yet money-making method. But th this is an entirely different strain. Wow. Why don't, why don't you come back next week and we could talk about charging higher prices? Would you like that? I'd love to do that because, like, here's the deal. It's all very well getting these people there, but if you can't get the money, if you, you know, get their interest, get the attention, but if you can't get the money, what the heck? So, uh, and, you know, we're in the kind of climate now where we're going to start to see pressure on prices and things like that. So let's do it. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And you do have this Facebook group, which we should tell everybody about. I think it's free. It's called Attention Bandits. Um, Attention Bandits, yep. That's how you can get your initial introduction to John. I think you should mention Copywriters Podcast when you apply for membership and thank you very much i've enjoyed it again see you soon all right thanks again for coming on and until next time if you want to catch more episodes of this podcast head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and we will catch you next time catch you next time thanks guys hey did you enjoy today's show Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.